Welcome back to The People Show. Josh Elliott Wolf filling in for Bick Nazar, who was sick today. Hopefully, hopefully back tomorrow. Some uh, getting some rest today. As the Canucks get set to take on the San Jose Sharks, uh, keep your texts coming in, 650-650, the Dunbar Lumber text line. Dunbar Lumber with three stores to serve you in Ladner on Bridge Street, Dunbar Lumber Express at Ladner Center, or Arbutus in Vancouver, online at DunbarLumber.com. Common, we are coming to you live from the Kintex studio. Uh, Johnny Mac texts in. Rick Tockett needs to make sure the Canucks jump all over the Sharks, but don't jump the Shark. I see you, Johnny. That was a good one. That was a good one. I I will say we've been talking about it a lot this week as a whole. It feels like the trappiest trap game that ever trapped. You know, like this team, the San Jose Sharks are so bad historically bad but at the same time i'm like oh it's the canucks i don't know they might lose and it's hard to like convince myself that this team is playing at a level where they're just they're going to win but also at the same time like hockey's hockey weird bounces can happen i don't know i'm still predicting the canucks win though yeah josh we were going through the sharks previous games before the show and They've, they haven't scored a goal, or they've scored more they than one goal one game this year? They've scored more than one goal in a game once this year. And they've it played was, nine games? Yeah, they've played nine games. That's brutal. So, And they've scored nine goals total on the year. So October 17th, I believe, was the last time they scored more than one. They scored three against Carolina, lost six to three, I think it was. Um, so other than that, in every game, they've either scored one goal or gotten shut out. That's bad. How is a team this bad? I don't know. We'll see tonight. Maybe maybe they're not. Maybe they're – no, they are. I can't even convince my – I was going to be like, maybe they're plucky, but they're not. They're the San Jose Sharks. Um, Johnny Mack mentioning Rick Tockett. We did want to hear from Rick Tockett. Uh, he spoke to the media earlier today ahead of tonight's game between the Canucks and the Sharks. Here it is. Lineup for tonight, same in, in Demko? Uh, yeah, Denver's in tonight, yeah. And then uh, a couple of game time decisions, but yeah, we're, we're pretty well solid. And how do you feel? You talked about just wanting to kind of flush it and clean up a few things. How do you feel coming into tonight? Oh, really, uh, really good. I thought we had a really good practice. Um, I, I love the fact that the guys, I didn't really have to say it. They said it, you know, that they know they had to clean up some neutral zone stuff, which is nice, you know, when they know it. Um, makes my job easier, so I give them a lot of credit. And there was an article that came out where some other coaches gave you praise for saying that you get the most out of the guys and that they've really bought in. You talk about pride in your players. Do you take some pride in that and what you've been able to do so far? Well, I just take pride in the fact that these guys, it's a partnership. You know, these guys are taking a a lot of the load. Um, You know, they want to create an identity. Uh, We've talked about it all summer, uh, how we want to play. And then they know, like, if if we're on our game, you know, we're – we're doing our staples and when we're off they, they can say it so um you know the, the key to good teams is like the, don't have the lows so long you know like those three four five game losing streaks they can happen so if you respect the game uh and you respect the way you play and your opponent you know sometimes you avoid those kind of long you know results or where you're losing a lot so that's why i give the players a lot of credit they've really bought in you mentioned respecting your opponent what do you think about the key to the matchup tonight and making sure that you guys are able to come out on top well, I've been there before. I was a head coach in Arizona. We lost our first, I think, eight or nine, ten games. Um, and, you know, 
uh, I know Quinn's a, uh, Quinn is a good coach. Um, they work hard. Uh, they're going to come out of it. We're, we're the same thing in Arizona. You know, we lost some tough games where if you win a couple, then you get confidence. So um, I'm always a big believer. You got to respect your opponent. They're going to work hard. Um, you know, I don't think we have the right to take anybody lightly, to be honest with you, and I think that's our approach. When you took over, mm. what was the first domino structurally you needed to knock over to get your team going where you wanted to? Uh, for me, it was more like just the confidence of getting guys how to practice. You know, I, th I felt that if I can get these guys to really practice it, um, kind of the way or at our pace, the way we want to track, the way we want to hold the blue, and I think that was the biggest thing for me. If we can get the practice done first, worry about the systems later. Um, and I thought, you know, I thought from day one, um, right away they started to understand what I wanted to do. Um, that's why I give leadership a lot of credit. They really helped me through this whole ride. How do you get the leadership to buy in? Because, well, you you know, you were one of the leaders when you were when you were a player, but how do you get them to be that extension of you in the room? Well, I think obviously it's not just one voice. It's not just me. They have to have a voice. You know, they have to have a they have to have an opinion. You know, obviously I'm the head coach. I make the final decisions on some stuff, but I think it's important that they have a voice. Um, I ask them questions. You know, hey, and through the neutral zone, we're thinking of doing this. Do you guys feel this? I think it's okay to be vulnerable to your to your to your players a little bit, uh, but at the end of the day, they're looking for answers, and I better have them for them. So that's kind of the approach. I, I'm a big like partnership, and, and my staff is is incredible. You know, I got Adam Foot, Sergey Goncher, I got the twins. You know, um, you know, Mike Yo's been unreal on the PK. You know, I, I can go down the list. So. If it wasn't for them, you know, it, I, you know, I wouldn't be here. It's good for them. They're, they've been great for me. You've been around special players as a yeah. as a player and now as a coach. What makes Hughes Hughes? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I said it before. He's a hockey nerd, right? He, um, you know, he really worked on some stuff this summer. He wanted to add to his game, and they've come up big time. There's been about three, four goals. Whether he scored or he he got the puck to somebody, where you could tell he's worked on it this summer. The reps of it. Walking the blue line, um, you know that that forward that's coming out to him, he doesn't know where he's going. Sometimes whether he's going right, left, is he stopping? Um, and those the great defensemen have that, and he has got the, he's got all those tools to to walk a blue line. He's an elite elite player, and he defends well. Like that's the thing, he's an underrated defender. Just because he doesn't go and rock guys in the corner, I think people don't understand um, how he defends. Uh, he's out there last minute. I mean, he's just been a pleasure to coach. Do great players want to be coached? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. No, oh, you're gonna have some conflict, and they, you know, that they they want that, uh, but uh, definitely they want information. And it's not just the stars; it's everybody. I think it's right. an information generation. They want to know why, how come, um, and then they want reps of it, and they want to see it. You know, tangible stuff. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Mike. Great stuff. You mentioned the time in Arizona. Yeah. What's the What's your message? What was, remember kind of what your message was on a day-to-day basis. As you're going through that, the seventh loss, the eighth loss, the ninth yeah. loss. I mean, what, what's your message? Well, I, I mean, I hate to tell you, I'm a big practice guy. To me, every day was a new day. You had to earn your next day. Whether you lost 5 nothing or 1-6, it doesn't really matter. So I think when we, we approached it the next day at practice, whatever, whether it was a system or a mindset, we, we attacked it that next day. And I give the players a lot of credit. They had a fresh mind the next day. Yeah, okay, yeah, you lose 5-6 in a row, everybody's down. But if you can bring that energy, and I really, back then, I had Brad Richardson, I had Derek Stepp on. Those guys were incredible for me because they brought it for us. And I think we got out of it, and then we started to turn the tables a little bit. When you mentioned the leadership there, yeah. uh, just as far as you know, when you get down a goal or two, how do you prevent guys from just sagging and, oh, my God, here we go again kind of thing? How do you, 
as a coach, what do you, can you say things to that at the juncture of a game where maybe you're down a couple? Or like yeah, well, I think you practice pressure. You have to practice it, and then when things happen on the ice, guys are used to it. Um, you know, I think it's just not one guy. You know, it's uh, and the coaches too. I mean, we're all involved in it, and it's, you know, you just gotta, you have to have a short memory, especially when things don't go your way, um, and look for positive. Whether it's ten good minutes, uh, whether it's fifteen, or you, you got to think of positives because when the energy's low and you don't bring it, that's when the losing streaks go. Um, so it's it's hard, but everybody has to bring energy every single day, and it's the hardest thing when you're losing. Yeah. Tonight. I know you didn't coach him for real long, but that at the, remember at the stage of his career, what maybe your your message was to him as he tries to establish himself in the league. Yeah, I think I think you know he, when he was with us, and then he had success his first year. Um, you know, then I think you know I don't want to say he took shortcuts. I just felt that he didn't play to his potential. And then he, I think when he played he played unreal for, for the Panthers. I think he found himself. Um, he really played some great games. He was on that big line. He had some really big years for him, and I think he found his game. Um, and I saw him go to the net, and I saw him go through the, the middle of the ice more than I've ever seen him. So uh, I rem- I, I, it's some maturity thing, you know. He came in, you know, when you're 18, 19, you're coming to the league, you know, it takes you a while to understand. But, uh, you know, I, I think uh, Duke's got a lot of hockey left in him. That is Rick Tockett ahead of tonight's game between the Canucks and Sharks in San Jose. Uh, keep your text coming in, 650, 650 the Dunbar Lumber text line. By the way, if you happen to be in San Jose tonight, you can get in the building for as low as $13. Get hyped. Experience San Jose Sharks hockey. Very exciting. Uh, We were talking about it being a trap game. One thing Rick Tockett mentioned there that is, uh, I don't know if it's, I I would probably call it concerning, but on the scale of 1 to 10 in terms of Concern level, it might be a th- like a three. But he said right at the beginning, Demko starting, but also a couple game time decisions. And one interesting note, Elias Pettersson did not skate yesterday. Um, and will, or sorry, today, Dan Murphy tweeting out that he did go out for the optional skate in San Jose, talked to trainers and didn't stay out long. So I do wonder and this is completely speculation, whether or not Elias Pettersson is one of those game-time decisions. Uh, Taka mentioning yesterday as well that he's fighting something a little bit, and it's not a crazy concern, but it'll be interesting to see. I do I, like, I have no concerns of the Canucks still being able to beat San Jose, even without Elias Pettersson, if he is out for this game, but would rather see him in, because... If that day-to-day or whatever it ends up being, if he did miss, which again, complete speculation, turns into something more, that's where a season can kind of start coming into question. But we'll have to see. Uh, for the Sharks, they're starting Capo Kakinen, their backup, um, though it's it's pretty much a split between him and Blackwood. Uh, Blackwood's played five games and, and Kakinen's played four and th- this is what I mean when I say it's like the trappiest trap game. Like, the Sharks are just horrible. They're playing their backup goalie. And the Canucks are coming off a game where they didn't play well, so they should be fired up a little bit to show that they are still the team that we saw in games like the San Jose, or sorry, not the San Jose, San Jose game, the St. Louis game 
and even against the Rangers, they they played well enough to win that one as well. And the the game in Nashville, like that's the team you want to see if you're a Canucks fan going into tonight's game in San Jose. And theoretically, if they play like that, they should not only win this game, but they should dominate this game because again, the Sharks are not good at hockey. Um, the other thing, so we've talked about it a bit earlier, but what do you need to see from the Canucks? for this to be a good game. And maybe Elon, you can chime in here as well. Um, but I, I feel like the bar has to be raised just based on the opponent they're playing. Like you need to see a, a certain level of, like dominance might not be the right word, but controlling play like they did against the St. Louis Blues for the majority of the game. Like not like you can't just win a period, which like, Honestly, if you do win a period in San Jose, you're probably winning the game. But you just need to put forth a good enough effort where it's like, hey, you are showing how serious of a team you can be. You're having a business-like performance in a game you should be winning. And that's what the Canucks need to do tonight. The other thing I want to see is uh, some production from the bottom six as well. Like that. That's This is a game where you should be able to, if you're Pew Suter, Anthony Beauvillier, you should be able to create something offensively. Yeah, I was going to chime in there as well, Josh. Even a guy like Connor Garland, you know, I'd love to see him get on the score sheet. Pew Suter, get these guys more involved. It, you know, it's great to see the top guys producing uh, that we've seen so far this season, but this is a great game for the bottom six to, you know, maybe get some points, build that confidence up. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I, I one guy I want to see more from as well is is Connor Garland. Uh, same line like Suter and and um, Beauvillier and or, and Joshua. Sorry on the left side there, but we just haven't seen like Connor Garland has had his moments this year where he's looked good, he's looked chippy, he's he's been controlling play, but he hasn't broken through offensively. And you can say that for a lot of guys in the bottom six right now for the Canucks where. Like realistically, you need to see more production from this this bottom six group of players if you're going to project this team to be something long term. And you don't need to see a crazy amount, but this is, again, this is a game where they should be picking up points. They should be. It's kind of pad the stats night. Yeah, and also Josh, we touched on San Jose's offensive struggles so far this season. So how about we focus a bit on our defense and. You know, our defense should be able to shut down San Jose, no problem. We got Demko in the net. We're coming off a victory. Mm -hmm. Let's play some sound system Rick Tockett defense and shut them out or give up one goal or less. Yeah, that's the San Jose way. I think that's the ideal thing to go into this game, right? A lot of people think we're going to win. Our offense is going to be up there. Mm -hmm. Let's have our defense come out and show up. And show why they're a much improved unit under Rick Talkett this season. Mm-hmm. And one thing I will say, I, I was looking at some numbers before the game. I My concerns about this defense so far this season are, are very, very minimal. In terms of, I, I just think there's a baseline that these guys are going to meet. If they stick to the structure and they stick to what they've been doing, where especially with Demko and the way the Smith has, has been playing as well. There's, they're always going to provide a level of, of competency in terms of it feels like your defense 
and the way you're playing is always going to keep you in games long enough for your offense. And lately it's been the star players, but again, we want to see more from the bottom six. But for your offense to just show how talented they are and get you the win. And looking at some of the numbers, so the Canucks, 30th in the league and expected goals for per 60 on the season. That's something you should be able to raise in a game like this, especially because on the flip side, an expected goals against, the Sharks are bottom of the league. They are horrible. They are just, again, the Sharks are so bad. You should be able to pad the stats. You should be able to, we're talking a lot about the, the underlying stats for the Canucks. This is a game where you should be able to pad that. And maybe we look at it as an outlier as the season goes on. Like, hey, you just did you did way too well in a game like that. But theoretically, this should this should be a game where you level out some of your your percentages that kind of happens as the season goes on. The other thing, um, the Sharks have allowed 113 high danger chances against this season, which is 18 more than the team with the second most, that is the Buffalo Sabres. Try not to make this too convoluted, but just for context, that's the same gap as there is between the Sabres and the team 14 spots below them in terms of high danger chances. So the Sharks are far and away just like they are giving up chances and the Canucks, especially with their like the shooting percentage has been crazy high this season which is something that we expect to regress as the season goes on. But if it continues to be high tonight, like this should be, again, I keep saying it, pad the stats night for the Canucks in San Jose. But also, things don't always uh, go as planned. But it just feels like a game you should dominate with Thatcher Demko in that, especially like this is a game you should be winning. Uh, into the 650-650 Dunbar Lumber text line, uh, this one, it goes one of two ways tonight. We either bleep kick them or bleep the bed. That is fair. It feels like there's not going to be an in-between where it's like an average Canucks performance. And I know uh, Drance and Jamie were talking about this as well on Canucks Talk. It's We haven't really seen the baseline the Canucks are going to provide this season, like the average Canucks performance. At least we don't think we have yet. And I think Drance has been saying there's been four and a half games where the Canucks have just been dominant. And then there's been four and a half games where the Canucks have been below average. And it does feel like that's going to happen again tonight, just in terms of like, because if you're, if you're better than San Jose and you come out hot, you're going to completely blow them out. Most likely. Unless you get a big performance from Capo Kakinen. But if you don't show up, hey, like if you lose this game, that is a, that's really tough. Way, it would be funny, but it would be it would be very tough as well. Uh, 650-650, Dunbar Lumber Text Line. Torgi, I'm usually worried about these games, but worked out well with how Taka critiqued the win the other day and benched Miller. They should come out with a good showing, I would hope. I would hope so as well. Like um, One thing Taka said post-game the other after the Nashville game was uh, you don't want to get fat and happy. And so Tockett's very aware that that game wasn't necessarily, like the Canucks played well, they won, but it wasn't their best performance. And realistically, if Nashville had better players or more offensively inclined players, they probably would have won that game. But 
The Canucks walk away with a win. Good teams find a way to win, and that's fine. You're going to win games like that. But the players need to know, and I think Rick Tockett is is very aware, that you need to go into a game like this tonight think having the feeling that you had a disappointing game a couple nights ago. And that's how good teams continue to get better as the season goes on. You don't rest on your laurels, and you continue to improve as the year goes on. You stick to your structure, and you completely commit to what you're trying to do. Uh, it is the People Show, Josh Elliott Wolf, Elon Shark. Um, one thing that shouldn't go under the radar, that has gone under, under the radar, in my opinion, the World Series. Texas Rangers won. First World Series in uh, franchise history. Good for the Rangers. I don't like them, but they won. Good for Marcus Semyon, specifically. Um, did you watch any? I know you're not a big baseball guy, Elon. But did you watch any of the World Series aside from like when it was on here at uh, at six fifty? I watched Game One and I watched last night. Mm-hmm. I have you got to watch the them celebrate. Yeah, right. Obviously, Anytime it went it's a eighth inning. Game. They they went up five nothing. Oh, this is exciting. We'll see a little celebration. I was not inclined to watch the whole series. There's there's more stuff on. If it was teams I liked, maybe I would tune in. But, of course, it's the championship. Baseball fans are going to tune in. So what's your excuse for not tuning in, Josh? I'm a big baseball guy. And I watched bits and pieces of a few games. But I didn't watch well, – I actually, I, I did watch a bit of last night's game. I didn't watch the celebration. Though that is the best part of, like, if you're not a fan of the team, it's it's just fun to watch a team. It's fun to watch people realize their dreams, you know? But, like, so the numbers came out. I believe it was 9.1 million viewers. 9.1 million down from the previous low of 9.8 million in a COVID World Series in 2020. That's tough. I just feel like the, like, Major League Baseball, I don't know what needs to be done because, like, they brought in the pitch clock. They did they they're like trying to make it a more marketable product. And maybe it's just the teams that were playing, like Texas Rangers and Arizona Diamondbacks aren't marquee teams. It's not the Yankees and the Dodgers. But I don't know what they need to do to to bring in a casual viewer. You know? It's uh it's unfortunate because I honestly, like I will say playoff baseball, I think is is at least top two for playoffs in terms of the atmosphere it creates. Like you're waiting on every pitch and it gets so intense. But I just didn't really feel that this year. And I don't know how Major League Baseball can fix it. It's uh, it's tough. Maybe, maybe it is just hey, it was the Rangers and Diamondbacks and that's going to happen. They aren't marquee teams. But congrats to the Rangers, I guess. We'll see if they can do it again next year. Hey, a lot of former Jays on that team. A lot of former Jays. And they almost had. Jays were runners-up for uh, Corey Seager, who uh, World Series MVP. Good for him. It is the People Show. Thank you for listening. Uh, thank you for everyone chiming in on the 650-650 Dunbar Lumber text line. Keep those texts coming in. Coming up next, it is Canucks Central. Uh, Yannick Hansen is going to join today because tomorrow uh, Dan and Sat will be on location at the Can Pro-Am draft. Um, so Yannick Hansen joining today, Jonathan Davis as well. That's coming up next. It is Sportsnet 650. I've been Josh Elliott Wolf. He has been Elon Shark. This has been the People Show on Sportsnet 650.